0: Brother Dylan's come preach tonight. I love Brother Dylan, and I'm hard on Brother Dylan, and uh, I really am. I'm probably too hard on him. He works with me about every day. I probably spend more time with Dylan than probably my own family. And I want to say this about him. Brother Dylan is a young man. He's still got a lot growing to do, um, um, but he's a, he's, he's a fine young man. And, uh, and it's an honor for me to be his pastor. And it's even a higher honor for me to be able to introduce and preach tonight. And I want you all to listen closely, and I want you to pray for him. And and don't just dismiss this as, this is not entertainment. The book he's about to open is an eternal book. And the word he's about to preach to you is an eternal word. And it doesn't matter if there was a rooster up here crowing. The word of God, you need to listen. And, and so listen to what, what he has to say and let the Lord speak to your heart. Brother Dylan, you come preach for us.
1: I just want to thank the Lord for allowing me to be here tonight and thank the church for all the encouraging words they have given to me and thank the pastor for allowing me to preach. <laughs> um, I'd like you to turn to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying... Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind unto the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea. So that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay down and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be that God will thank upon us that we perish not uh the thought today is um Jonah's trouble uh, he had trouble with anger he had trouble with anger against Nineveh because he didn't like the Ninevites because they posed a threat to Israel at the time, but God wanted Jonah to go up there and tell them to repent so I really want to get on to her about. Jonah's anger and where it led him and where it kept him from, and where it um, bring him to. First, it led him away from the presence of the Lord. In verse three, it said, "But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him into Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down and went away from the presence of the Lord. To me, it looked like he wanted to get away from the Lord. It's pretty crazy what anger can do. My second point about what it kept him from, it kept him from God's command. Verse 2 shows us what God's command was for Jonah. It was to go to Nineveh and to cry against it. Tell them to repent of their sin. But he had anger towards Nineveh, so he didn't do it. He had anger in his heart. God wanted him to show compassion towards Nineveh, but he didn't. Have I thought, um, have you ever shown anger to someone when God wanted you to show compassion to them? Um, A third point, it brought him to a point in life where he became numb to God's chastisement. And that's in verse, I do believe, 5. The mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay down and was fast asleep. He was fast asleep like there was no problem. In verse 4, it talks about where God sent a great tempest, a great storm, to get um, Jonah's attention. He ignored it. He got low. He got so low that he could not hear God's calling. Well, I got four points. (laughs) Um, How did he get it right? In chapter 3, verse 4, and Jonah began to enter to the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There he did what God wanted him to do. He got over his anger. He cried and, and did what he was told. And if you got anger, I encourage you to go to the person and, that you're angry at and forgive them. Have compassion for them. Pray for them. And ask them to forgive you for being angry.
0: What you heard just then was a Bible message. And I appreciate it, Brother Dillon. I appreciate it a whole lot. And what he said, in case you weren't listening, is anger will make you do stupid things. And uh, there's a lot of people tonight that they're suffering. They're suffering chastisement, and they won't even acknowledge it. And... There Jonah lay in the belly of that ship. And you know something else? I'm not trying to add to the message, but I may just go ahead and preach a little bit myself. You know something else? It's a sad thing when the man of God is asleep and the world's praying. You know, if the roles were reversed, Jonah should have been crying unto his God. Instead, they were crying unto their gods that couldn't help while he lay in the boat. And you know tonight that's the way it's, this way this world is tonight. This this world's in a mess and they're crying out to their gods. You know what? That's what this looting and protesting and burning things down. That's their god. That's their god. They they're crying out to their god. And, and 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 all this is it's their god and we're laying in the boat of sleep. And uh, and and you see you say, "Well, what 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 should I do?" You know what Jonah done? He hit the bottom. He got down to the very bottom, and right now you may think, you might think, boy, I'm enjoying this boat ride out of the will of God, and man, I'm having all kind of fun with these mariners on this boat. I don't know what they did. I ain't never met too many mariners that was too, too godly a people. No offense if your kids a mariner or whatnot. You know, they don't say cussing like a preacher. They say cussing like a mariner. You know, a marine, a sailor. You know what I mean? They probably weren't the most spiritual men. He was, and he probably enjoyed it for a little while, brother Mark. I don't know what they was doing. I don't know if they was singing 99 Bottles on the wall. I don't know what they was doing. But, but it wasn't long right. till the party ended. Right. And listen to me tonight. The, your party's going to end one of these days. Right. It always comes to an end. I'll never, forget, I'll never forget the day of my life when my party come to an end. I was all alone, 4179 Fuller Road, 17-year-old, about to go to my senior high school, and the phone rang, and it ended like that. It ended like that. And I was, i was. you know what Jonah got? He got busted. God busted him out there in the middle of the sea. And I'll never forget that. And that was a hard time of my life. And you know what? By the grace of God, I don't want to ever, ever go through that again. You can't get away from God. In the book of Amos, Brother David, he said that they was going to flee into their houses from the judgment of God. And they said they'd lean their hand upon the wall to catch their breath, and the serpent would bite them. You cannot, you cannot. The best thing you can do is yield to God and surrender to Him. The commands of God are not grievous; they're wonderful. And uh, I appreciate that, Brother Dylan. And there's no doubt in my mind there's somebody here tonight needed to hear that. Right. And what's important about preaching is not how it's said, but what's said. Now, follow me. Amen. I've been in, around these old fashioned churches my whole life, Brother Aaron, and a man will get up and, and, and go berserk and blow his spleen out, and, 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 people be, and, and he won't use one, he won't preach one ounce of Bible, and people will say, Bo, that's the best message I ever heard in my life. And then somebody will get up and open their Bible and read it and preach it and explain it and apply it, and they'll sit there and yawn and go to sleep. You know what that is? That's a sign of being a lukewarm Christian. Amen. A lukewarm, Brother Frankie, I can tell a lot about somebody's spiritual maturity and, and where they are with God when, when when the way they respond to preaching. Amen. And uh, and uh, I appreciate it, Brother Dylan. Well, I'm gonna show y'all something real quick. First Thessalonians chapter five. I want to encourage these preachers tonight. We got several here. Brother Frankie's here visiting with us tonight. And uh, Brother Jason surrendered to preach this morning, and I thank the Lord for what he's done. I told the men in prayer band that for a church, it's a great honor for God to call men to preach in a church. It's a great honor, but it's also a great responsibility. It's a great responsibility because I carry a lot of that burden, but this church carries the burden. of of praying for these men, if you don't think the devil's going to come after that young boy right there, you've lost your mind. If you don't think the devil's going to come after Brother Jason and Brother Aaron, Brother David, has he quit coming after you? Every day, don't he? It never ends. It never ends. So we have a responsibility, and uh, I want to encourage them tonight. This is a verse God laid on my heart. And uh, he gave me a couple little thoughts. I only got one note, one. So y'all should be safe as far as the uh, uh, the link. It might be bad though. This is one of my favorite verses um, in the context of of preaching and being called to preach. First Thessalonians five twenty four. The Bible says, "Faithful is he that calleth you, who will also do it." preaching, or I'm not going to say preaching. I just say this, and I've got another message, and I may go ahead and preach it too, uh, that the Lord gave me, and, and I'm going to preach it soon on the call of God. Over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, For you see your calling, brethren. Did you know everyone in this room that's saved has got a calling? Amen. I know that's not, you know, that ain't, you didn't read that in the, in the, in the uh, you know, the Pendleton's Baptist order book or whatever, but that's in the Bible. You're called. We're called to be saints. There's a lot of things we're called, but I'm talking about a specific call. God, I believe, has a purpose for every member of the body of Christ. And and here's the wonderful thing about the calling of God. When God calls you to do something, you don't do it. He does it. He does it through you. Doing the will of God. Listen, doing the will of God. Second row, Jakari. Hush. The doing the will of God, Ty, is the only thing in the world that somebody else does it and you get to reap all the benefits. And God said here, faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. If I was going to tell, I was thinking about this this afternoon, if I was going to give any advice to anybody doing the will of God, it'd be three things. Number one, have no reserves. Don't hold back whatever God's calling is on your life, give everything you have to it. Amen. If you're a greeter at the church, be all in on being a greeter at the church. If you're a, a member of the choir, don't hold back, no reserves, don't hold back on God. Tonight, one day, we're all gonna die if Jesus doesn't come. Listen to me, and everything that we've held back on, we're going to lose. It'll be gone forever. But Brother David, if we put it all in on the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll be able to enjoy the benefits of that for all eternity. I'm going to ask you something. I'm hurrying. (laughs) How do you expect to be able to have a good day on the judgment seat of Christ and you're not willing to sell out and give the Lord everything you have. You see, we sing songs uh, about, oh, happy day, and, and it's gonna be, heaven's going to be wonderful, but listen to me. The judgment seat of Christ is going to be a time of great sorrow. The Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And Brother David, I believe with all my heart, those tears are going to come from standing before the Lord. Do you know how embarrassing it's going to be? Do you know how shaming it's going to be to look him in the eye and let him and, and, and look him in the eye and have to give an answer for everything you did in this life? I'm not talking about the great white throne of judgment. Maybe you've got that mixed up. There's two judgments the judgment seat of Christ, and at the judgment seat of Christ, it's it's a judgment for our works that we did for the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, so you're going to have wood, hay, and stubble. All those works are temporary things, they're going to burn up. Then you've got gold, silver, and precious stones. Those are those things you did for the Lord with the right motive, for the right reason. And those things are going to be your rewards in heaven. Amen. People say, oh, I don't care if I get any awards. You may not care now, but when you're standing empty-handed, do you want, and I, and I, I want to, this is anyhow, if do you really want to go to heaven and stand before the Lord and see this one right here put down a handful of treasures, and this person over here lays down a handful, and, this, and then you're standing there, and you've got absolutely nothing to lay down at the feet of Jesus Christ. I'm saying the judgment seat of Christ is going to be hard. It's going to be devastating. Because all that, all that luxury and all that pleasure that you live for and, the, and, the, and all that uh, me, me, me and, and my, my, my and, 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 and what, what do I want and, and what do I want to do and all, your, all that is going to burn up at the judgment seat of Christ. And everything I've done. I've done that was done for the wrong reason with the wrong motive everything I've done in my life that was not in the will of God is going to be destroyed by fire brother Edgar Thomas said he believes that some people are going to have to get down in the ashes and get ashes and try to lay them at Jesus feet because that's all they'll have is ashes so I'd say when it comes to the calling of God it's for everybody in here No reserves. Don't hold back. No reserves. Don't hold back. Then I'd say this. No retreat. Don't go back. Don't go back. There's so many people tonight that are absolutely miserable because they've gone back on God. He said, faithful is he that calleth You also do it. God will never go back on you. He never will. Brother Aaron, I've deserved it a million times for him to walk away from me and to leave me to my own self and to leave me to my own ways and leave me to my own, I I, I deserve it. I've deserved it a hundred times. But every time I've got down on my knees and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Forgive me every time I've said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Will you please have mercy? Every time he's been right there to help me and pick me up, wipe me off, and say, go preach again, son. (laughs) I'm telling you, there's been times I've gone, and y'all don't even know this, there's been times I've gone down to that office and locked the door and sat in that chair and said, I'm never going to do it again. I just made the biggest mess, and and and, 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 and Brother David, I've wanted to never show. I didn't even want to show my face again, much less preach again. But I'm glad he can come through locked doors, amen. And he'll sit down right beside me and put his arm around me and say, Son, you'll do it again because I ain't going to let you stop, amen. And then he'll help me and pick me up and let me go one more time. So a God like that, how can we go back on him? Well, the hardest things being a pastor is watching people slowly drift back on God. They can't even see it. They won't even acknowledge it. They won't even... You know, I read this. And I told the Zeke this. We was talking today about some Bible. Brother Leonard Ravenhill, he said that a hot man will seek to be cooled and a cold man will seek to be warmed. But a lukewarm man is happy where he's at. And that's where we are. I pray God make you either hot or cold. No retreat. Don't go back. No reserves. Don't hold back. Give him everything. Then I thought about this. I'd say this. No regrets. Don't ever look back. When I started to preach, I had a lot of people... (laughs) knew exactly what I need to do in my life. They were experts on my life. And they was telling me everything I needed to do. And I had a family member, and they're, they're well off. and Very stingy, though. They don't share anything, so don't worry about that. And uh, they were so upset with me uh, when I decided to go to Bible college. And, and, and I prayed about it for over a year, and I knew it was God's will, and they were so upset with me they, they basically told me in so many words I was wasting my life, that I was a fool, that, that I should have gone. I, I'd been accepted uh, to the University of Georgia, and I had a scholarship. for. I mean, believe it or not, I did good in school. Even though I didn't act good, I did good. You know, the left side of the report card was good. The grades, the right side is the one I wanted to white out and, and alter. And I, by the way, I did do that a time or two. That's when people used pencils, and that was a good time in my life. But this family member, they wanted me to go, and they said, "You need to go. You need to get you an education. I mean, and and and, and you need to get you a good, good job, and uh, and uh, make a lot of money, and then you can preach on the side." That's what they told me. Preach on the side, and I wasn't eighteen years old, but I, that didn't sit well with me, because you see, I've never want to do anything halfway. And uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all tonight. This September will be 20 years. And Brother David, there's been times that I've wondered maybe they were right. Yeah. Maybe, I should, maybe I should have just done what they said. It had been a lot less stress being a lawyer or doctor or something like that. And uh, you say, oh, no, it wasn't. Why not you preach for a little while and then come back and talk to me? But Brother Ty... There's been some times that I've looked back. I've looked back. And it's never been healthy for me to look back. But then, but then I'll come in here and I'll see your faces. I'll open my Bible and and God will speak to my heart and He'll say, son, you made the best decision you could ever make. I'll look at my little wife. I'll look at my children. And I think, you know what, if I had done what that person had said, I wouldn't have them. And so what I'm saying is tonight, don't look back, no regrets, no regrets. I hope that when I die that I can say that I didn't hold back, I didn't go back, and I didn't look back.